want to read, I just want to read one scripture to you. Of course, I, I'll read more as we go on, but I want to read one scripture tonight. Uh, been talking about practical, practical applications on on fighting sin and been doing that for a few weeks and may may veer off of that here. Got some other things on my mind, on my heart. May be veering off that uh, very soon, but uh, want, want definitely this was something that was uh, on my heart. Lord put this on my heart here a couple weeks ago. I'll, I'll share it with you here in just a minute on how, but uh, I want to read out of the book of Proverbs tonight, one verse in the 25th chapter, in uh, the 28th verse, book of Proverbs, 25th chapter, 28th verse. Amen, amen. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the wall. But uh, the word of the Lord says this, He that hath no rule over his own spirit. Somebody say self-control. <laughs> he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like, like a city that is broken down. And then he really explains why it's broken down. Because it's without walls. He he that has no rule over, over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down, and it's really because he's without walls. There's no, no protection. There's nothing there to fight off any kind of threat. But let's pray tonight. Let's believe the Lord uh, to move on this, this word tonight and use our time, and we'll give him glory. Father, I do, I love you tonight, and I praise your name, always, just always thankful for your word, always a privilege, dear God, thankful for every, every piece of it, it's all good for correction, it's all good for instruction, it's all good for edification, and the building up of your great body, dear God, and Lord, that's what we do, we bind together tonight, and we just look for your word to teach, and to feed, and to strengthen, and to build us up as part of your body, dear God, we need strengthening, these are troubling times at times, and we need the strength in it. It comes from it. So bless your word now. Bless everyone that's come out tonight. Use it for the kingdom. Use it for the building up of this body. We'll love you. We'll praise you. We'll honor you. And surely you'll always get the glory out of this vessel because, Lord, I know if anything good's done, it's by you, dear God. And I'll honor you for always for that. And it's in the name of Christ, our Lord, our Savior, in Jesus' name. And all the church agree and say bless his name. Thank him. Lord, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. You can be seated uh, if you like tonight. Uh, about two weeks ago, I guess it was, and I think I made mention of it. I didn't go into any detail. But about two weeks ago, uh, I had a, a, a young man. Well, he wasn't a young man. We were young. We used to be young men together. We grew up together. One of my best one of my, I guess, my best buddy at growing up. Uh, well, I know it was my best buddy. We done everything together, and a lot of it was no good. But, but nevertheless, as we grew up and uh, got older, and of course, uh, I ended up finally getting married. It took me a while to grow up. I just told Cindy this the other day. I told Cindy this the other day. just just about this week. I looked at her because I did something mature. I did. I did something mature, and I looked at her, and this is what I told her. I said. I think I'm growing up. I said, 56 years. I said, and she grinned, she laughed. She said, you think? I said, I think I am. I think I am. I, I, I amazed myself. But nevertheless, nevertheless, 
this, this this young man, uh, well, I keep calling him young. He's the same age as just a little bit younger than me. But he, he called me one uh, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, a Thursday, and uh, uh, he was. I could tell he was really troubled. I hadn't heard nothing out of him for a, a while. But that's the way it is with best friends a lot of times. Like I said, he, we don't have to talk all the time, and and we don't because life has took us different places and. And what have you. And we live on opposite ends of Craig County now. And we don't see each other but maybe once in the now and again in the town of Newcastle. Uh, but he called me and I could tell he was very distressed. And there was something really heavy on him. And, and he said, is there any way I can come see you? I just got to talk. I said, well, sure. I said, you can come anytime you want. I said, you can come this evening. He said, no, I can't this evening. But how about tomorrow evening? And I said, it was a Friday evening. And I said, sure. I'll be waiting. He said, I get off work. This is how... He felt pressured that he ne- He said, I get off at 3.30, I'll be there about 4.15. I said, well, come on, come on. So, so he gets there at about 4.15, and he pulls in. Of course, we're we sitting out on the breezeway, enjoying the, the, the breezeway there. And my, my, Most of this summer, my breezeway's been broke. It's been no breeze. <laughs> but, but that evening, it was a little bit of a breeze. And we were sitting there and enjoying that a little bit. And, and, and he, 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 he told me just straight up. I mean, I could tell he was burdened. I could tell he was really hindered. And he, he said, he said, my life's getting out of control. That's just what he said. He said, my life's getting out. Now, and this, he's come to the Lord just about, I don't know, a couple years ago. And he's done pretty well. And, and things, he's got some things on track. But there was something going on, and I'm not going to go into detail. But there was something that went on that had, had got in his life and in his family. It's really his family's life. And had got him out of wits. Got him, got him by half mad half angry, by half wanting to do things like we used to do when we were younger. And, and, and he said, he said, he said, he said, I'm, I'm getting out of control. And he said, when, when I felt this way, he said, I knew I could come talk to you. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, I, and he could tell, I said, why, why did you think that? He said, this is what he told me. He says, what he told me. And he said, he said, when we used to run around, I didn't know anybody who was more out of control than you. <laughs> he said, you were the most out of, he said, everything about you was out of control. He said, when, 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 when we were at our ripping and running, he said, you was the most out of control. Your, your, your attitudes, your, your emotions, your, your, your habits, your, your life. Your personal life, yeah, he said everything about you. He said they was nothing. They was nothing in control. You never knew about you. He said you might be smiling the next minute you was mad and go whoop somebody. He said that, that was just you. You was out of control. And he said over these last 25, 30 years, he said, he said, he said now you're the most under control guy I know. That's what he said. He said I've been watching. He said from afar. But I bet he said, he said, you went from the most out of control to the most under control. And he said, that's what I need right now. I need some advice. And, and, and long story short, it, 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 I just had to, I had to talk to him. And it was, it was about, it was about just getting things under control. But the reason I brought all that out was just the importance, the importance of self-control. And bring it, being able, being able to, 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 to have some kind of defense about when things do come. Whatever it is, because you never know. You don't know what's coming. 
You don't know what the next emotion is, what's going to stir the next emotion. You don't know what the next desire or the passion or what even what the tempter is going to stir up and bring into your life. The next passion, the next, you don't know the next time anger is going to rear its head. You, you just don't know what all's coming. And, and I love this scripture. I love this scripture because it talks about that. It talks, we're like a city. We're like a city that's broken down when we don't have it. Everything, everything gets in. Everything wrecks our life. Wrecks our life. When he told me, I thought, when he told me you was the most out of control guy, I know, well, he's right. And it's because, you know why? I didn't have any self-control at all. And it wrecked my life. It, it'll, it'll wreck your peace, your joy, your name, your character. It'll wreck, it'll wreck your, if you've got to walk with God, it'll wreck your walk with God. Without, without it, it just wrecks everything. Self-control serves as protection. According to this scripture and some others I'm going to bring in in a minute. But it serves as protection and protects us from the enemies of our soul. Enemies of our passions, enemies of, our, of the tempter, enemies of, that, that come along. And, and without it, we're open to whatever comes along. You, you, that's, whatever happens, whatever the next wind, whatever the next thing that blows open, whatever the next thing, the next renegade thought, the next renegade desire, without self-control, you'll ruin, you'll wreck. Everything about it. There, there, there's, this, there's this Chinese proverb that I, that I run into when I was just studying this out a little bit. It says, he, he that can govern himself is fit to govern the world. I, I, that's just a Chinese proverb. That's not scripture. But, but it, it, it fits. But it kind of fits with scripture because scripture really demands self-control or you can't run the things of God or be a part of, you know, leadership. There must be self-control. It must, must have it, or at least, you know, Paul, Paul sandwich, he, he was preaching, he was preaching a, a message to Felix. Y'all remember Felix in Acts 24? He had Felix, they had him under arrest, and they brought him in to hear him, and, and Paul, Paul had preached this message in Acts 24, and I think in verse 25, he began to preach, and, he, and the Bible says that he preached righteousness on one end, and he preached judgment to come on the other end, but right in the middle, he preached temperance. Self-control. Now, Felix, Felix didn't listen. Felix said, you know what, I, I'll have to hear you again some other time, some convenient time. Uh, just get back. And that's the way we are sometimes about messages on self-control. Some other time. I'll get back to you. I'm not quite ready. But sometime later. But I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I mean, this is, this is kind of the practical part of it, really. What about strengthening and about building self-control? And, and I've, got, I've, got, I've got a couple things here that I really want really to bring out in particular. But uh, I, was, uh, I went to the dentist, I guess it was Thursday of last week. And, uh, of course, ain't much doing dentist office. Got my phone out, looked at it. And my dentist office is always late. I don't know about yours, but my dentist office, they tell you to be there at 12. Well, you just well figure it's going to be nearly 1 o'clock. Unless, unless you get an early appointment. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they get behind in a dentist office. I don't know. But anyway, it's always that way, though. I'm like, well, ain't no need me going at 12, but I did. But anyway, I done looked at my phone until I couldn't look at it no more. 
I didn't read all your stuff, everything you done put on Facebook. I done liked everything that I could like. I even went back and unliked some stuff so I could like it again. But I done done all that, and 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 I don't I don't know if it was a sports magazine laying there. I don't remember. I don't know what my I don't even remember what the name of it was. It don't matter. Uh, and, and it's not even. I don't even know why I picked it up because I usually don't even look at stuff like that too much. But I did pick it up. But and, and it was something caught my and it was the Lord. It was a God thing. I guarantee it was that. But I got to read and I got to look and it was. A, it, it, it got to bringing out this. It was this article on LeBron James. And how, how many in here, how many in here don't know who LeBron James is? I mean, I'm not even a I'm not even a sportsman, and I know who LeBron James is. All right, he's like he's like well he's called king in their world, in the basketball world. He's like the dominant figure, maybe they say of all time. I don't know. Some would argue. I, I assume, but that's what I hear. I hear he's like this. But this is this is the thing that caught my eye. They was talking about they talking about his discipline and and how he his work ethic. And, and what he does to, to prepare for what he does and trying to keep himself at a high level. And this is what, the, this is what caught my eye. Because the article said he spends nearly or at or a little above a year. Listen to this. A year. Nearly. Y'all, y'all ain't going to blow your mind. Nearly a million dollars in his workout, dietary regime to keep his body fit, keep his body at max, keep keep himself in a place, keeping everything under subjection to where he can perform at the highest level that he can perform. Nearly a million dollars, if not a little over, they said. I thought, I, I just sat there a minute and I thought, how in this world can you spend a million dollars on exercise and eating? <laughs> but I mean, but I guess coaches and trainers and 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 special supplements and dietaries and 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 probably four or five or ten specialists. I don't know. I'm not sure how all that works. But on nutrition and fitness and but they said his rigorous his workouts are crazy. How rigorous they are, and how, what he he subjects his body to such great disciplines, but this is this is why this is why this is why because because he he values because he treasures the trophies, he treasures the accolades, he treasures the applause, he he treasures the the, the award. he he has he prizes the achievement he, for the success of what ball brings. He does all these exercises. Does all this self-control, self-discipline, whatever you want to call it. He does all these things. Does all these things because, because of the prize. I want you to hear that tonight because I feel like that's the first place I need to stop tonight. If, if, if we're going to get the wall in our life. I know that's a, I just give you a worldly story about a man. But it's, it was still the same principle. It's, it's because of what he prizes. Because of what he thinks is the prize, he builds all this self-discipline and self-control into his life to make sure he can achieve the prize. Amen. He wants the prize. And I want to tell you something tonight. I believe with all my heart it's a great place for us to start tonight. And I believe it was part of the, the building blocks 
the, the wall that, that that's went up in my life since my buddy said, you're the most out of control guy I ever knew, is, is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was the prize. I got to look at the prize. I got to, all of a sudden, I seen something. I seen something beyond. I seen something beyond pleasure, something beyond the, mon- the momentary, something beyond the, the natural, something greater. There was a prize. There was something, there was something more. Of course, this, this is so scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to read you. There's about three or four verses. Listen, Paul, Paul says it like this. He tells LeBron James' story like this. He says, Know ye not? They which run in a race, all, they all run. But one receives the prize. That's how Paul says it. He says they all so run. See, he's he he Paul, I don't Paul wouldn't get on even LeBron James for doing what he's doing. Now he might tell him he needs to get the prize right. But 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 he's saying, he's saying, you got that right. If you if you prize that, well, that's what you build for. So so he says, run. That you may obtain, verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery, whatever it is you're after, whatever you want to master, whatever you want to master, listen, listen, is temperate in those things, in all things, self-control, he's disciplined, whatever he wants to master. Whatever he wants to master of. Now, listen, he says this. He would say this about LeBron James. He said, now they do up to obtain a corruptible crown. Something that's going to tarnish. It's going to dim. It's going to fade. It's not going to transfer. Le- 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 all, I don't know what all LeBron's won. I don't know what trophies, what accolades, whatever it is. But they'll not transfer. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they're going to burn all up. It's wood and hay and stubble. It's not going to last. But he says, but we, we for an incorruptible. That's what we do it for. We do it for an incorruptible. Verse 26, I therefore so run, not uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that just beateth the air, but I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection. Self-control, lest, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast away. It's for the prize. It's for the prize. I want to tell you tonight, that's it. I believe part of the reason that we can build self-control into our life, that is the wall, is for, it's for, the, for the prize, for the pleasure of the prize. And I'm talking about the kingdom. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about, I'm talking about glory. I'm talking about Philippians 3.8 where Paul says, Paul says it like this, Philippians 3.8. He says, yet doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He said the rest of that's just dung. I got the right prize. It's about the prize, he says. And, and, and we sing that in Jesus' life. In Hebrews 12 and 2, 12 and 2, where, where Jesus endured the cross and suffered what he did. What? For the joy set before him. 
stayed on the cross, suffered it all, controlled, railed out, didn't rail back. Hollered out, didn't holler back. Silent, under control for the joy. The prize. I'm going to tell you, a lot of times, a lot of times when we don't have self-control, it's because we've, we've, we've lost the prize. You forgot what the prize was. You, you, you're starting to do it for something corruptible instead of something incorruptible. It's about the prize. Amen. That's the first thing. And I think that's a big thing. I think that's an important thing. And I think that'll help you build self-control. Always, it's always about the prize. Get the prize right. Get the prize right. There's pleasure in that prize. Amen. There's power in the prize. Amen. But the second thing I want to bring out to you tonight that I think builds helps build these walls, builds, helps build self-control, is this. It's about, uh, it's about embracing it. And I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like the Lord allowed me to, to get a hold of this in an early, early part of my salvation. Uh, really, I think from day one. And I don't know that that always happened. I, I don't really know, but I know for me, for day one, I got a hold. And here's what I'm talking about. I embraced the purpose of salvation immediately. Immediately, I got a hope to the purpose. Of, I knew, I knew that I was saved, but I knew there was a purpose in saved. Wasn't just saved to be saved. Wasn't just saved just so I could say I was. Wasn't just saved even to, to escape hell. Wasn't even that. I knew there was a purpose. It was a purpose in salvation. I knew there was something greater in salvation than just that I could say, "Well, you know what? I ain't going to hell. Thank God." And just rear back. No, no. I knew there was something greater. Something greater. One of my favorite sets of scriptures that I love to just read over and over time and time again is in Titus. Titus chapter 2. And I want to read these scriptures to you because this, this really says what I'm wanting to say out of embracing the purpose of salvation. Titus 2 and 11 says, it says this. It says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Yes, it has. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should... Live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. Listen, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous, zealous of good works. Within that, within those three or four, and then there's the other thing, but within those three or four scriptures, there, you can embrace really what salvation's purpose is. You can see the whole purpose, if you want to, if you want to call that. You can see the whole purpose of, of salvation. And, and I, I, feel like, I feel like when you get that and you, and you really embrace that, I feel like, I feel like that builds, that's what, that helps you deny worldly lust, deny ungodliness. One of, the, one of the parts of that, you know, about embracing it is, is God saves us, according to Titus here, to sanctify us. He don't just save us and put us over here and say, okay, great. No, no, he saves us to, sanct to sanctify us. He, he extends great love and great mercy to us. 
to undo the damage, the deep, deep damage that sin has done in our life. Our sin. Not others, no. He, he, he extends love and mercy to us to, to try to undo all the damage that's been done. Who, 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 who take a man who, according to my buddy, was so out of control in every area, the most out of control, and change him. God, God didn't just save me. No, no. He sanctified. It was part of the plan. It's, it's part of embrace. I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't just saved. I know God wants to do a work. He wants to do a greater work. He wants to do more. Glory be to God that a man gets saved. Glory be to God that he gets saved on his deathbed. Glory be to God that. But glory be to God that he gets saved and understands that God wants to do yet a greater work in his life. He wants to do more in his life. He wants to do more and greater things in his life. And when you can embrace that, it's not hard sometimes. It's not hard to get, the, to get grace to say no. Hey, shut up, my glory. To say no to some stuff. Grace, grace teaches us sometimes to say no. No to sin. No to whatever's out of control. No. You know why? Because God is wanting to do greater things. Grace has taught me self-control. Grace. Grace has taught me that. I believe that with all my heart. God redeemed me in a moment. Bam. Right there. Bam. I was redeemed. But I've been under this sanctification process now all these years. 29 years. 29 years. Even to the revelation I got the other day, I think I'm growing up. Come on. Part of it. God's been undoing. He's been unraveling. He's been making what he wants to make. The purposes that he originally set out for, for my life. When he said, I knew you before you was ever in your mother's womb, the the high purposes he had for, she, glory to God, for our life. He's doing those things now. Amen. Grabbing on to those things. Embracing. He saves. He sanctifies. Why? So, so according to, to the last part of that verse, so that we can do good works. Do good works. That's part of the purpose of salvation. I'm glad you ain't going to hell. I'm glad you're a little better than you was last year. But he, he, he saved us to do good works. Woo! Yes. To do good works. Whatever those things are, whatever he put. I mean, I mean, the Bible says we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For him, we are his workmanship. That's who we are. Yes. Yes. He's pure, purified a peculiar people. This peculiar people, he's, he's purified. And he's trying to make us zealous now for good works. That's part of the purpose. That's why you get saved. That's why we get saved. And when you embrace that, when you embrace some of those purposes, you embrace that, self-control comes. 
denying, back in the other verse, back in verse 12, denying ungodly, denying worldly lust, denying these things, because grace has appeared. Well, glory to his name. Glory to his name. And of course, the end of that, the end of that, and there, there's more, there's a lot more in Titus there than what I'm bringing out. Believe me, that, that is a powerful chunk of scripture right there. But, but the, end, the end run of this is this, when you embrace that, it's all for this. Uh, it's all, all for his glory. Put me Matthew 5, 16 up there. You know, he makes us zealous. For, he saves us to make us zealous for good works. Why? So that our lights will so shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify. Making much of him. Making much of God. That's why we're saved. We're saved to make much of God. Make glorify him. Amen. If it's to make much of you, it ain't, it ain't the right potion going. It ain't the right thing going on. No, it's to make much of him. If your works is to make much of you, well, you're in the wrong business. Amen. You're running for the wrong crown, LeBron. Amen. You need, you need to drop the name king and start running for the king. And I, I'm not being against LeBron. I'm just, I'm just, that just fits. <laughs> Amen. 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 I believe that. It's all about him. It's all for him. Amen. Amen. So, so I believe those two things for sure. I believe that, that, that going after the prize, keeping the prize right, knowing what the prize is, build self-control, never losing the prize. Striving for that mastery. And then I believe embracing embracing the full purpose of salvation. Is this all right? This is this Wednesday night Bible study. Is that all right? But embracing, embracing the full purposes of salvation. Because when you don't do that, you'll not have much self-control. Because you'll, you'll have that idea, well, I'm saved. I get about, I'm saved. But, but, but when you're after the full package, <laughs> when, you're after the, when, you, when you're zealous for the good works, when you want to glorify, when you want to make much of him, when you want to bring reproach, amen, amen. But there is this other thing, and, and, and this is, I touched on this a few weeks ago, but I got to touch on it again because it just fits. Because this is really, because this conversation that I had with my buddy, because he wanted to know. He wanted to know, where did all that self-control come from? That's what he wanted to know. Where, where did all that come from? Because I know you. That's what he said, I know you. And, of course, at the time, I, I hadn't studied this. I, I didn't get the time. I've, I didn't get to sit there and tell him. I've embraced the full, the, full, the full purpose of salvation. I hadn't thought that. But, but here's what I did think. I said, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. Say, that's, that's, that's all I knew. I, I said, I may tell you something. This is what happened to me, and it's true. It's so true. I cannot deny it. Never can deny it. And those, those other things, they make good Bible study stuff. This thing here, this, this his spirit, God's spirit. Brought a dormant muscle called self-control to life. 
It was dormant. It was there, but it was dormant. Had no strength. And through God's Spirit, through the working of His Spirit, the, the mighty working of His Spirit that worketh in me, it come to life. It come to life. And I would even surprise myself in them early years when I, I'd surprise myself with, no. I'd say no and surprise myself. Right off the get-go. Got saved that Sunday. And that Friday they all pulled back in to pick me up. Everyone, now I wasn't full of the Holy Ghost then. But I, I'd got the foretaste. I'd got me, I think I got a pretty good foretaste. I think he let me turn the jug up pretty good with the foretaste. I think I got some pretty good grapes from Eskel there. I think I got a good chunk of, a good chunk of them right off the bat. Because, because standing right there, standing right there in my driveway, when they pulled in so that we could do what we usually did, I said, boys, I, I, ain't, I can't go no more. Self-control. First time I ever said no. And you know what's crazy? Listen, listen. This is the crazy part. It felt good. It felt good to say no. I said no. They left. I stood out there. I said, no. I don't know if I really did that. But, but I feel like that. But I've learned, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. you got to keep saying no sometimes. Over and over and over. And sometimes it seems like some things pass for a season. And then they come back. And you got to say no again. But it's by His Spirit. His Spirit awakened things, brought things to life. That, that dormant muscle that lay so many years dead. Anybody out there? This is practical. This is the practical part I can think of in this whole subject of, of fighting against sin. There's, there, there's, just some, there's just something spiritual about being able to say no. Again and again. And what's really cool is, is in the midst of that is there's these hints of satisfaction and contentment in saying it. That's when you know it's really spiritual. When you say no and you're glad about it, you're satisfied with it, you're content with it. Yeah. It's a spiritual thing. I can believe you could say this. I believe you've went from being just a mere mortal to one with walls. You're no longer a city ruined, a city wrecked because there's walls. Amen. How many know? How many know that the fruit of the spirit is self-control, temperance. One of the fruits of the spirit. That's what it is. It's self-control. Comes into our life. Through him. And I'll tell you what, it's enhanced through the power of the Holy Ghost. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure. I can tell you that because sometimes it hurts to say no. 
the Spirit of the Lord, He enhances it. And even though it hurts, you ever had you ever had it hurt to say no? But the Spirit of the Lord still, even when it hurts, allows you to say no. Allows you to, to say it and move move beyond. Amen. I want to close with this, this little set of scriptures, and, and, and there ain't really no special teaching in them other than it's just good word, and it's right on with the subject tonight. But I want to close with this, and Keith, if you want to even come on, you can. Second Peter chapter 1, I want, I want to read this little set of scriptures. I love this. It says, whereby we are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises. We are. Uh, by these you might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Grace to escape. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Go ahead, Dean. It's all right. Add to your faith virtue. And virtue to virtue, knowledge. Add to knowledge, listen, temperance. Self-control. Self-control. I, I know, I know it's a I know it's it's out of style, and I know, I know it ain't with the free spirit or whatever that we like or this culture likes. But there's grace in saying no. I want to tell you something. I want to say self-control is not legalism. It's not. It's a city with walls. Every passion that comes along don't ruin you. Every renegade thought don't ruin you. Every, every crazy desire don't ruin you. Every bad mood or bad day don't ruin you. Come on. Ain't you glad when you've had self-control and you get up the next morning? Whoa. I, I didn't say all that stuff. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad? I didn't go off like I Ain't you glad? Add to these things. Temperance, patience. And patience, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, has forgotten, forgotten, that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore be rather, rather give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. good word. It's just good word. So tonight, tonight I, I just bring to you that thought. As much as Paul in Acts 24 said, I need to preach on righteousness, yes. And I need to preach on judgments to come, yes. We need to preach on self-control. Self-control. A city with walls can't be ruined. The devils can't sack it. <laughs>
Devils can't destroy it. I think how many families, how many families, how many personal, how many callings, how many callings have been destroyed because of no control, no self-control. How many gifted people, how many churches, how many families destroyed? Come on, it's huge, it's huge. It don't might, might not make you shout tonight, but if you got it, it'll make you shout all the way to heaven. At the entrance that's provided for you by the Lord Jesus Christ. May he build walls in here tonight. Yes. May he build walls in this place tonight. Walls to protect, fortify, and strengthen. May his spirit come upon us. Wake up that old sleepy muscle. Wake up that old dormant muscle that we don't use like we should. Wake it up. Give it strength. Give it the strength of a right hand. Power of the 